Hey, SCF Student Ministries, Devin here uh, with another podcast. Uh, we're continuing our Squad Up series that we've been going through in youth group. This is week three of that series. Uh, super excited that you're listening to this today. Um, we've had a really good time the last couple weeks going through this, and uh, I'm excited to, to get close to closing this out. We got this week and then next week, and then we'll be starting a new series. Um so what we've been talking about, right, we've been talking about our squad or team or just the people that we surround ourselves with on a daily basis. And uh, so the, f- the first week we kind of talked about, like, what our church family is, uh, how the the church is not just a building or an event, but it's the people. Uh, last week we talked about um, just, like, the nature of relationships and how um, we have to forgive and um and be forgiven by people like we make mistakes in those relationships and we have to um continue to make we have walls of uh resentment and tension that can build up over time and we have to be able to break those down and turn it into a table and this week we're going to be talking about um the qualities of of a winning team of a winning squad of people that are around us around us and whether it's uh the games that we've been playing at youth group every week uh, in our teams or or your favorite sports team or a group project or uh maybe like you've done like an escape room or something like that but i'm sure we can all think of circumstances where a game uh, was won or lost based on how well a team worked together so let's talk about winning teams for a second Uh, i want you to think about what's one quality every winning team demonstrates uh for me, communication is a huge one. That's like um, a communica- a communication is a huge part of what makes a team a team and what makes them do well together. Uh, for me, that's just the one that um, stuck out. Uh, you might hear teamwork is a big one, uh, drive, uh, kindness, encouragement, maybe accountability. Um, those are all definitely definitely pieces of what makes a team a team. And these are great qualities for any team to, to demonstrate together especially a team that wants to win. <laughs> but now that but now that uh, we're looking at these words, don't you think they're pretty good things to d- demonstrate just in our everyday lives too, not just in a team, but I mean, if we were on our own demonstrating kindness and accountability um, towards other people, like that's, that's a good thing for us to do, right? Um, so I want to give you an example of, um, of that teamwork. Um, I I always think I think it's a really cool thing. If you watch basketball, you'll find this interesting, but there was a study done um a while ago in the NBA and it was analyzing the number of um their the teams that high-fived the most in their warm-ups. And so they they someone sat there and watched all the data and came up with which teams were giving each other most high fives. And the year that they did the study, um, the Boston Celtics were came out number one. They had the most communication with their teammates in warmups. The most, and what that tells me is that they were the most encouraging team. They were encouraging each other throughout their warmups, throughout the game, um, after wins, after losses. They were encouraging each other. They were giving high fives. They were still talking to each other. There was great communication there. And guess what? That year they won the championship. They were the best team. Um, and that's that's such a i think it's such a um 
it's just a good thing to like to see that encouragement that encouragement can be such a key to winning because I think it's something that gets left but you can see how that's such a big part of teamwork and how that team came together and accomplished something big um but on the flip side of that like those teams can often still have issues because it was only a couple of years later um that that team broke can broke down and broke up as a team like players all left they um started fighting and whatever and eventually i think after egos and everything got out of the way they got they got over it but um it was really a lack of communication there uh they went through some hard times i guess by nba standards and lost a a few series in a row that was the only championship they ended up winning together was that one um and then they had a guy that left to a team that they lost to and that was a whole big thing and i think their egos all got in the way of each other but um and maybe some of you can relate to like a team breaking down like that maybe you've been on a team maybe you have relationships with other people that have broken down because of something like that um and i mean honestly sometimes our friend groups can act more like the cast of a reality show than a winning team right we experienced that. I, I've experienced that with friends too. Um, so for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about community and how God's vision for the church has always been for Jesus followers to function like a team. Um, but like we've been saying, sometimes the church doesn't function the way it's supposed to. And I'm sure I don't need to give you examples of times when uh, Jesus followers have been judgmental or rude or unforgiving or hurtful to each other. But let me tell you a story about a time when the church came through for me um and i really look to um if you haven't if you don't know what our our rooted group is but it's our um men's group on tuesday nights we've been meeting for the last couple of years um and that's definitely one of my closest groups that i have within the church of um jesus followers and um they've definitely helped me grow in my faith and as a person just with uh, having people to communicate with and talk to and uh, love each other and just really be able to discuss and decipher and grow in God with all of them. It's, it's an awesome thing to do. Um, and just the impact on my life has been huge. Just being around those guys. Um, God's family isn't perfect, but I hope those examples, um, that example of rooted and, other ones that you'll hear from other people in your life. I hope these are a reminder of the way that God can work through the church in incredible ways. Um, so today we're going to continue um, in uh, Ephesians. We've been reading through there the last couple weeks, right? Um, and we're and we're reading through this as we try to understand how God's family is supposed to function. But here's a here's a quick recap if you've missed the last couple. Um, so the first week we went through chapter one. And um, when we talk about the church, we're not talking about a building or an event. We're talking about people all over the world who love and follow Jesus. And this book we're reading was originally a letter written to a whole community of people. It was meant to be read together and discussed, kind of like we're doing now, uh, reading this out loud and with each other. Um, And if you were here the last two weeks at youth group or you listen to the podcast, you know that in chapter one, Paul already talked about how the church is God's family. And everyone's invited to be part of God's family. And you know that chapter two is about how we can forgive and make peace with each other, just like God has forgiven and made peace with us through Jesus. And we're going to skip chapter three for right now. Um, But if you have time, I totally encourage you to read chapter three of Ephesians on your own this week. Um, But we're going to take a look at chapter four today and where Paul is ready 
uh, to talk about really the nitty gritty of being the church, what it means for us to be the church. And he'd already talked about why unity was important. Uh, but now we wanted the Ephesians to know how to work together despite their differences. Um, so I'm going to read from Ephesians 4. Uh, this is uh, verses. I'll start with verses 1 through 6. It says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. Uh, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Uh, so I'm going to skip ahead now to uh, verses 11 through 16. And that says, So Christ gave, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So how can God's family act like a team when our team is made up of some pretty imperfect people? Uh, like me, like you, that person maybe that you're thinking of right now. Um, think about a sports team. Um, I know a lot of you guys in our youth group are, that are listening um, are on sports teams. Um, don't you need people with different abilities to win? Or what about, say, like an escape room if you've done something like that? Don't you want people in your squad who think differently and can access different parts of their brains when the pressure is on? Because unless you're a perfect person who can do everything you're on, or do everything on your own, you need other people to make up the gaps in what you lack. Not only does God want us to live at peace with one another, he wants us to understand our roles in the squad. In Ephesians uh, 4, 11 through 13, those verses, Paul pointed out five roles Jesus' followers might have in God's family. Um, it mentions apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers in there. And so let's see. Um, if you've done an escape room, we're going to see if you can make sense of this in the context of that. We're going to compare each one of those um, in the context of what an escape room. So we'll start with apostles. Apostles are like the pioneers of this group. They drive uh, new efforts. They create change. Um, in an escape room setting, this might be the person who keeps trying to open new doors or turn new knobs, who's pushing the team forward. Um, you might be able to relate to that one. Um, it's the person that is constantly trying new things um, to get ahead. Uh, next up, the prophet. The prophet presents God's truth to others, uh, especially when that truth is hard to hear, uh, which I'm sure you can think of a time when you've heard uh, some truth that was hard to hear. In an escape room, this person is probably uh, there warning everyone about how much time they have left, uh, getting their teammates refocused on the task at hand in case anyone's going down a, a rabbit trail that they shouldn't be or we've already gone down this person the prophet is getting them back on task at hand um, so does that sound like think about it does that sound like you maybe um, the evangelist uh, spreads the the good news of jesus wherever they go in a really compelling way 
And in an escape room, the, the evangelist is probably the person who invited everyone else to go to this. They're the, they're the kind of the ringleader of um, organizing the event. And maybe now instead of um, they're, they're during the escape room, maybe they're just like taking pictures and uh, having a good time and posting on social media um, and trying to maybe set up another event for someone later. I mean, if you're the kind of the, the probably the um, outgoing one of your group, that's, that's probably who you relate to. Um, the pastor provides care, guidance, and comfort to others. Um, it's way bigger than just preaching, which is what a lot of people assume a pastor does. They do a lot more. The care and guidance and comfort is what six out of the seven days of the week are doing. Um, in an escape room, this is the person encouraging the team, uh, checking in with whoever maybe is frustrated. They, they can't solve something, and so they're checking in, helping them through it, talking them through it, and they're challenging their teammates to keep going. Um, and maybe that sounds like you. And the last one we have is teachers, and the teacher is helping others apply what God has said. They're great at explaining difficult ideas. And in an escape room, this might be the person reading the clues, uh, explaining the next step, and making sure everyone understands what to do next. They're making sure everyone understands what step that they are on together. So maybe that sounds like you. Personally, the teacher is what sounds like um, to me. I know that's kind of cliche since I'm teaching um, youth group, but that is the one that I I feel like I associate with personally. Um, And in God's family, none of us are going to be naturally gifted at all of these things, and that's, that's okay. That's why we're on a team. Uh, we need all of those different people. We don't need, um, if we have a group of 10 people, we don't need 10 teachers. Uh, we can have two teachers and two evangelists and two pastors. And we need those different people to, to make up the gaps of the others. Uh, growing in our faith is a little bit like solving an escape room. Working with a team uh, can be chaotic. It can be noisy, maybe challenging at times. But if we tried to do it alone, we'd never finish. Uh Alone, we might be able to get to know God a little bit better or look a little bit more like Jesus, but without a team around us, we'll never grow as much as God designed us to do. But Paul wasn't done talking about what it means for Jesus' followers to grow into maturity. Like the believers of Paul's time, maybe you're wondering what exactly it means to grow in your faith. Like Maybe you're asking yourself, does it mean accumulating more Bible knowledge? Does it mean going to church more often? Does it mean feeling more passionate about God? And the answer is not exactly. Uh, Paul said the real measure of our spiritual growth is the way we live our lives, which is pretty vague, right? Uh, So let's see what Paul has to say about that. We're going to skip ahead in Ephesians, we're going to be in chapter 4, verses 21 through 24. Um, And that says, When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. When we let Jesus transform us from the inside out, we must continue making choices become more like him to speak truth, uh, control our anger, be generous with our things and our words, and grow in compassion, kindness, and forgiveness. So when we talk about growing into maturity, we're talking about two things. And those two are growing in closeness with Jesus and growing more into his image through our actions. Because we can't grow closer to God alone, and we can't grow more into the image of Jesus alone. When every member of God's family does their part, we'll find ourselves growing in faith, 
but only when we grow together. God designed us to need each other and to function like a team. Remember the story I shared earlier? Uh, Without God's family, um, I would have never grown like I did. Without the group of guys that I was in and rooted, I would have never grown like I have. And all alone, we can only go so far. But in God's family, we can grow together. So how do we grow together? We, we do this by choosing to support each other like a team does when we have a challenge to overcome. As God's family, we have an opportunity to grow together when uh, we disagree, mis- misunderstand, or get angry with each other. Uh, when one of us is making poor choices, uh, one of us is pulling away from God or God's family, or when one of us is hurting. And like we saw in our um, uh, escape room poll a few minutes ago, a great team understands that its team members all have unique roles. So let's see if we can imagine how our team could grow together during one of these um, challenges. And I just want you to think about this in your own head. In a youth group, we're going to do a little bit more involved here Um, because what I want you to think about is um, in each of these situations, think about um, a way that uh, people with different personalities and gifts could work together to resolve these situations. Um, So the different people being apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and I want you to think about how your responses connect to those types of people and leaders in your lives. Um, so think about a member of our group has suddenly become making or suddenly begun making a lot of bad choices. Um, think about how that can be resolved and what types of leaders would be involved with that. Think about a member of our group hasn't shown up at church for a few months. How do you handle that situation? Maybe a member of our group um, experiences a big a tragedy in their life or a big disappointment in their life. How can we help them? What can we do to resolve those situations? When we come together like a family, a team, and one body, we can grow in ways we never could on our own. We're all better when we're together. Uh, Here are just a a couple of ways that we can grow together. So first is be real with your team. Growing together means giving other people access to our lives, which is scary. It means being honest about what we're going through and who we are. I hope you feel safe enough to do that uh, at our youth group. And if you don't, I, I hope that you can be, you're okay enough to talk about why, because I want to know. Um, we can learn with our team. Learning together means talking, sharing, discussing, and sometimes even debating with each other. Because debate uh, debates happen with teams, but they don't have to be contentious. It can be peaceful and understanding and have respect involved. It means learning from God's word together, but it also means learning from each other because we all have something to teach each other. I have stuff to teach you. You have such stuff to teach me. You have stuff to teach each other in our youth group. Um, Next is add to your team. You already know that there are people out there who need a a team like the one we've been talking about. In fact, there are people uh, within our youth group right now that uh, are hoping someone will invite them to be part of their group um you never know who that person is um and last is stick with your team this means showing up it looks like setting goals uh, praying for each other and checking in when we notice someone is uh, slipping away growing together doesn't happen by accident it takes a commitment from each other and we're a group of imperfect people so growing together won't always be easy but it will definitely be worth it God's dream 
is for you to grow, to grow in faith and to grow in Christ-likeness. Don't forget what Paul has been teaching us. Alone, you won't go far, but we can grow together. I hope to see you next week.